We're going to turn in the Word of God for our Bible reading to the Gospel of John and the chapter 11. The Gospel of John and the chapter 11. And we have been looking in recent weeks together at the claims of Christ. And through John's Gospel, looking at the I Ams, those great claims are identified by those words of the Savior. The first one we looked at was John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. And then in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. And then in John chapter 10, I am the door. And also in that same chapter, I am the good shepherd. And so today in our Bible reading, we come to see the fifth of those claims of the Lord Jesus Christ through the Gospel of John. And I trust that you are memorizing uh, those I am's and memorizing those verses, and they will prove to be a blessing to your heart. Today we're in John chapter 11, and this is the chapter that speaks about the death of Lazarus. And just as we break into the chapter at the verse 14, uh, the Lord is categorically stating the condition of Lazarus at this point. John 11 and the verse 14. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, Unto his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them, concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me, shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Amen. We land there at verse 27. And may the Lord bless this short reading from his own precious and infallible word. Amen. Let us look together to the portion of Scripture that we have read. 
John's Gospel and the chapter 11. John's Gospel and the chapter 11. And my text is found in the verses 25 and 26. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? I am the resurrection and the life. And some of the I ams are displayed on the windows uh, down the sides of the church and on the third window down on my right hand side. You have that text of scripture, I am the resurrection. There are four names on that window by way of memory. Samuel and Elizabeth McCann, Alfred and Sarah Mulholland. Let's just unite our hearts together in prayer as we seek the help of the Lord in the ministry of his word this morning. Our eternal God and our loving heavenly Father, how we rejoice today that we have thy precious word before us. And we thank thee, O God, for the opportunity of being able to turn together to that word, to meditate upon it, O God. And we pray that thou wouldst apply it with power to each one of our hearts and that our coming together would prove to be a rich blessing to each one of our souls. Abide with us now, and close us in to thee, and turn our eyes afresh upon our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they lived in that little village called Bethany that was not very far from the city of Jerusalem. The Saviour was often a visitor. He was often found in their home. It was a godly home. And if you look at John 11, and there in the fifth verse, it tells us that Jesus loved them. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And so here was a little Christian home where they loved the Lord and the Lord loved them. But we know from John chapter 11 that even though the Lord loved them and they loved the Lord, they were not exempt from trials and difficulties. And in fact, sickness was to come to that home. And they would have watched their brother Lazarus as he deteriorated and the situation got worse. The two sisters, no doubt, trying to help him. But they saw that death was approaching and their brother Lazarus died. And into that little home in Bethany, there came therefore sorrow and grief and loss. And the sisters would have attended his burial there. And all the while they were going through such a difficult time with sickness and with death and then with the funeral, the Lord was not there. They had sent word to the Savior, but the Savior is not yet there. 
And eventually, at length, the Lord does come. And he arrives on the scene, but before he gets to the house, Martha actually goes out to meet the Lord. And there in verse 21, it says, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. She came to the Lord and she said this. I don't believe she said it harshly. I believe she stated it by way of that was her belief. If the Lord had been there, her brother would not have died. She was just stating uh, factually what she believed. But she did use that little word if. That little word if is there. You know, a little later in the chapter, we didn't read that far, but whenever Mary hears and she heard secretly that the Lord was in the vicinity and she slipped away out of the home of mourning and she came to meet the Savior, and you can see there in the verse 32 of Mary, then when Mary was come to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying unto him, Lord, If thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. And the two sisters on these separate occasions, they're saying exactly the same thing to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're saying, Lord, if, if thou hadst been here, it's clear that the two sisters have discussed this. They came to the same conclusion. Together they said, if the Lord had been here. That little word if. Sometimes that little word if can torture us. Maybe in such a situation that Mary and Martha found themselves in. You would think things over and you would say, if only... And I have heard it said in relation to the death of a loved one, if only, if only we could have been there. If only we could have learned of their illness sooner. If only we could have got them to the hospital or if only we had have brought them home from the hospital. All of these questions that can arise at such a time, Lord, if. But we have to bow to God sovereignty. The Lord is the one who is in control of all things. If ever there was a passage that taught us that, it's this passage. The Lord was in control of all the affairs of life. The Lord was in control in all the affairs of death. Because Martha, who had said to the Lord, Lord, if, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. She went on there in verse 22 to say, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And she came there from the past to the present, and she said, Lord, even now, I know that even in these circumstances, Lord, even now when our hearts are breaking, even now you're able to meet the need. Now she would never 
perhaps have anticipated what the Lord was going to do by way of the great miracle. But she's saying, Lord, even now I know that you're able. Even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. You know, it was at that point that the Lord introduced the subject of her brother rising again in verse 23. Thy brother shall rise again. And Martha replied to the Lord, and she said in verse 24, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She was looking away forward to the resurrection day. And when the Lord said, your brother will rise again, she said, oh, I know he'll rise in the resurrection at the last day. And it was at that point that the Lord gave the answer of our text of Scripture. And he brought her back to the present and he said, I am. That's the here and now. That's that title that we have considered that the Lord revealed himself by way back in Exodus chapter 3 and the verse 14. There at the burning bush when the Lord said, I am that I am the self-existent God. And here the Lord Jesus Christ, in answer to Martha, he said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And I want us to look at this most powerful statement from the Lord. Firstly, this text of Scripture, it declares his person. It declares his person. Jesus said unto her, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. To make such a claim really identifies the Savior for who he is. To make such a claim indicates the true person of Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God and he is God the Son, because no other could make such a claim. It's revealing to us the divinity, the deity of the Lord Jesus. But when you consider closely this powerful statement from the Lord declaring his person, you can see that the resurrection, the resurrection is not a mere doctrine. The resurrection is not just a truth that is to be believed. It is important to see and to understand that the resurrection here is embodied in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I am the resurrection. And so he's not simply saying, I will grant the resurrection. And I'm the source of the resurrection. And I will provide the resurrection. And the resurrection is something that will take place. No, he's declaring himself to be the resurrection. I am the resurrection. It's good to dwell on those words. Especially at such times that Mary and Martha found themselves in time of difficulty, a time of loss, time whenever death has come. Oh, to dwell on the words of the Savior, I am the resurrection, that brings hope. That brings hope in the midst of sorrow. 
That brings comfort at the time of bereavement. That brings reassurance to the grieving heart. You think of what a comfort these words would be to Mary and Martha. The truth of the resurrection. Their their brother is taken ill. They're nursing their brother and they're witnessing his decline. And they see that things are worsening. And they see the inevitable approach of death. And then death strikes. And their brother is taken from them. And they will sorrow for their brother. And they will attend their brother's funeral. But what is it that would give them a word of reassurance and a word of hope and a word of comfort? It's to know that that's not the end. The Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the resurrection. What carries the child of God in such times of great difficulty? Maybe those that have gone through in recent weeks and months such a situation where even today the heart still aches. And you still feel the strain. And you still feel that pain of loss. And you would say, is there a word from the Lord? Does the Lord care? We were singing the words of that hymn. It's a sad hymn, especially the fourth verse of that hymn. Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me and my sad heart aches Till it nearly breaks. Is it aught to him does he see? Thank God for the words of that chorus. Oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the nights are dreary. I know. I know that my Savior cares. He cared here for this home and for this little family. This is the chapter that contains the shortest verse in the Bible in John 11 and the verse 35. And it says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. I know that my Savior cares. And what a comfort it is when the Savior is able to say to his people, Maybe as they stand around an open grave, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. There's the very heart and there's the hope of the gospel of Christ. There is that central truth. There is that crucial truth. There is that word that brings hope that is beyond the grave. You see, this life, this life is not all that we have. This life is not followed by nothing at all. If it was, we would be, as all men, most miserable. But thank God there is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ when he declares his person. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. But secondly, this text also displays his power displays his power. I am the resurrection and the life. 
And my, when you think about those words, there, there are many miracles recorded in the Bible, many miracles recorded of the Savior in the New Testament Scriptures. And some of them have accompanied the claims of Christ that, that we have considered. You remember how the Lord fed the, the 5,000 5,000 men beside women and children. The Lord multiplied the loaves and the fishes. What a miracle that was. And then the Lord said, I am the bread of life. The miracle went along with the claim. You remember in John chapter 8, the Lord said, I am the light of the world. And in the very next chapter, in John chapter 9, the Lord did a miracle. He opened up the eyes of a man that had been born blind. And the Lord brought him from darkness to light. You see how the miracle was accompanying the claim that Christ would make. He is the bread, he is the light, and here he is the resurrection. And so there's a miracle that's going to accompany the claim of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's going to display his power. It concerns Lazarus. And when you look in the chapter 11 of John's gospel and there in the verse 4, when Jesus heard that he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. He heard about the sickness of Lazarus and the Lord said, this sickness is not unto death. And then you compare that with where we commenced our Bible reading in verse 14. And then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He's sick, but his sickness is not unto death. And then later the Lord said he's dead. But they go to the grave. They go to where Lazarus had been buried for now four days and the Lord makes the request and the Lord said, take the stone away. And Martha interjects again at that point. And Martha says, Lord, he's been in the grave for four days and by this stage the word is stinketh. And she's referring there to the fact that her brother is dead, the condition of Lazarus. He's dead. He's been in the tomb for four days. He's decaying. He's defiled. The Lord says, take away the stone. There's the call of Lazarus. Come forth. The call of the Savior. The Lord speaking to one who is dead. And the Lord called Lazarus forth, but it was an effectual call from the Savior. It was a powerful call. The Lord displaying his power here. And Lazarus is going to rise from the grave. And when the Lord said, Lazarus, come forth, he came forth. The conversion of Lazarus. He came from death unto life. What a picture there is there in this miracle of, of God's salvation, for that's what the Lord has done for every one of us, every one that has been saved. We have come from death unto life, and the Lord here with Lazarus is displaying and demonstrating his power, even power over death. Death 
It is no obstacle to the Savior. He's the one who has the power over life and death. He's the Lord of life. He's the Lord of death. Death must yield. Death must yield to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you think of his glorious resurrection and how the Lord Jesus Christ himself conquered death and how death is therefore swallowed up in victory and the Lord displays it here uh, with the raising of Lazarus from the grave. His compassion to Lazarus down there in the verse 44. The end of that verse, Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, let him go. What mighty power. Greatest miracle of all must be the resurrection of the dead. And here the Lord displays that great power. Lazarus is brought back to life again, and the Lord is able to say, Loose him and let him go. That's just an illustration and an example of what the Lord is going to do for every one of his people in the last day. They're going to be raised up. The Lord will display his almighty power because he alone can say, I am the resurrection and the life. But thirdly, We not only see this text declares his person and displays his power, but it delivers his promise. Verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you see the wonderful promise that is contained in this text of Scripture. Yet shall he live. This mortal life that shall come to an end, but the Savior promises that there's life after death. In fact, the words of the Savior there in verse 26, it says, of the one who believes in him shall never die. We might, like Lazarus, have to pass through physical death. But what the Lord is teaching us here, that for the believer, death is just like a doorway through which we enter. And when we go through that doorway of death, we enter into the immediate presence of our Lord and Savior, and we go to be with him. Over in John chapter 14 and then the verse 19 the Lord said yet a little while and the world seeth me no more but ye see me because I live ye shall live also because I live ye shall live also he who is the resurrection and the life And we must consider there uh, what the Lord Jesus Christ is referring to. He's speaking about that blessed union that every believer has with the Lord Jesus Christ. And for the one who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, this promise is held out to them of the resurrection. 
And it's going to be fulfilled in various ways. In fact, it has been fulfilled already in our representation in Christ through his resurrection. That portion of Scripture that we often make reference to, Ephesians chapter 2, the verses 5 and 6, and mark the word here, together. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And yes, it's speaking about God's people together, but it's also referring to our blessed union with our Lord and Savior. And in relation to his resurrection, we share in that. The Savior's resurrection was representative of his people. There's a sense in which we could say we live in Christ and we died in Christ and we rose again with Christ. He's our representative. And it is the fact of his resurrection and the truth of his resurrection that guarantees our resurrection. That's the promise of the Lord. The great resurrection chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the verse 17. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Our resurrection is grounded on his resurrection. And the fact that Christ has risen from the grave is what guarantees our resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 22, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. In Christ. And we not only think about our representation in Christ and in his resurrection, but we think of it being fulfilled in our regeneration in Christ. That moment of our salvation And again, Ephesians 2 would bear that out. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. We were dead spiritually, dead in trespasses and in sins. And the Lord called us the way he called Lazarus. It was with a powerful and an effectual call. And we were irresistibly drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we rose from spiritual death to spiritual life. We've been made alive in Christ. Salvation is a resurrection from the dead. And everyone that is saved, that has come by faith to Christ, they have undergone that spiritual resurrection. They have been made alive in Christ. Our text of Scripture He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I am the resurrection and the life, saith the Lord. And then that resurrection is also promised to us and fulfilled in the return of Christ. And there we refer to the resurrection at the last day. The bodily resurrection. Paul said to the Thessalonians, 
that the time would come when the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ shall rise first. There's going to be that resurrection, a bodily resurrection, when body and soul will be reunited together again. The Lord will raise the body from the grave. And that's what he has promised to do here. He has promised that there will be that resurrection. Resurrection of the body. Paul wrote to the Philippians. And in Philippians chapter 3, he makes a direct reference to the resurrection of the body. And he said in verse 21, Philippians 3, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. And there's the body, if the Lord tarries, there's the body that dies, the body that goes into Mother Earth, the body that decays and returns to dust. But one day that body is going to hear the call of the Lord from the grave. And he will change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. I am the resurrection and the life, saith the Lord. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then at the end of That 26th verse, the Lord gave a challenge to Martha and he asked her a question and he said to her, Believest thou this? Do you believe it, Martha? Thank God she could answer positively. She saith unto him in verse 27, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And as we have thought today of this great claim of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am the resurrection and the life, and you think of that resurrection that there's going to be in the future day, do you believe it today? That's the challenge to our hearts. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrection of the believer, and the resurrection of everyone at the last day of the judgment. It's a fundamental truth of the gospel. You cannot deny the resurrection. In Romans 10, and the verses 9 and 10, Paul says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart... Man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. May the Lord bless this great word to our hearts today. I am.
the resurrection and the life. We're going to.